what's up welcome to another day on the wolf's den we are talking about the differences between the last of us game and the last of us show so i mean obviously the last of us is a big ip for both the show and and the game but there's there's something different about the show that i couldn't quite put my finger on there was something that was bothering me about the way that ellie was being portrayed but i couldn't i couldn't figure out exactly what it was so i went back yesterday and i was watching some gameplay of part one of the video game and trying to like compare the ellie from the game to the ellie from the show and what what are the differences what, what's the issue here I was able to pin it down. Now, for those of you who listen daily, I do want to apologize for yesterday for not putting out an episode. I just didn't have anything prepared, and Robin wanted to go to the gym, and it was it's important to me to to spend time with her. So that's what I did instead, and then I had to go to work. You know, that's just, just the way the day shaped out. So that's uh, that's why we didn't have an episode. But today we have a jam packed one. We might actually hit a half hour you aren't going to notice it but we may actually hit a half hour i have i have a, a an interesting development with hogwarts legacy as well in this episode but regardless i'm not going to tease you with the differences right now i'll, I'll tell you up front and then we'll explain what what's happening here so one ellie in the game is softer two ellie in the game is more there are hints of her being like Sarah. Three, she is scared of the world. She's not particularly... She doesn't enjoy violence. She doesn't have a good time with... With everything that they have to do to survive. And because of that, she comes to rely on Joel to keep her safe. So that, that kind of creates this connection between them. And four... They are in constant, constant danger. Constant. From the second that they leave the wall to I, basically the end of part two. They're in constant danger. It's never ending. And so those are the differences. So we'll go, we'll go through them one by one. So the Ellie in the game has a, has a softer side. She seems more friendly. I guess is the way to put it. You know, we are introduced to her and she is, she's kind of attached to Marlene, which is not something that happened in the show. Obviously the show is not going to be a one for one for whatever reason. These producers want to make something different, which I, I don't fully understand, but <clears throat> there it is. So in the, in the show, Ellie is like being held captive by the fireflies and by Marlene. In the game, Marlene has known Ellie since she was a baby, right? So Ellie is, is attached to Marlene and describes her as a friend, right? And it seems very, almost, almost again, like a parent-child relationship. So that, that kind of sets up this, this sense that, again, Marlene is there to protect her and Ellie is, is attached to her needs her which leads to the second 
kind of thing. There's a there's a, a spark because of that softness. There's a spark that you can see in the game, having going back and watching it, where she feels very much like Sarah in very brief instances, like when she is they're walking through the forest and she like is amazed by the fireflies or like she she wants to like she points things out and like is very childlike it's reminiscent of sarah joel's actual daughter right and it it further endears you to ellie ellie in the show doesn't she's not soft i've there's not a moment where she is vulnerable where she is kind of like childlike it's always kind of crass and always off is (laughs) she's she's introduced to us as a survivor through and through she was captured by the fireflies she's being held captive by the fireflies she doesn't want to go with joel she has no empathy for you know she doesn't try to stop joel when he's beating the life out of another person that that doesn't happen and at the end they kind of tried to explain that that difference but the way that that scene was portrayed it was like ellie was excited or intrigued by the violence like she liked the violence she liked seeing the violence whereas the game there are several instances where ellie will stop joel from from reacting that way so i mean that's a major major component of it and it leads nicely into into the third difference the third difference being that in the game ellie is very aware of her limitations she's very she's 14 she she hasn't been smuggling weapons and drugs and whatever like joel has she hasn't left the confines of the of the encampment before so like she she's aware that these things happen she's seen them perhaps she's seen her stories but she's never encountered them herself right so she's scared of the zombies she's scared of the people that are out there that are hunting them she doesn't want to she's not eager to pull the trigger she's not you know eager to hurt somebody she may claim that she, you know, wants a gun or, you know, whatever, just because it's cool. That's the way it comes across in the game. But, you know, the moment that she actually hurts somebody with a gun or with a knife, she starts freaking out. And, you know, she did it because Joel was being strangled to death or he was being drowned, you know. So it had to be done, but she didn't, she freaked out about it. Now the same scene from the TV show, it was like half a second where Ellie was shed a tear, a single tear. And then we were back to normal. And it just, it felt off. Again, it feels like Ellie in the show just kind of craves violence. But uh, I mean, that's, that's what I see. And because she, she, isn't scared of the world in the TV show because she isn't scared of the world and because she doesn't seem to need Joel to keep her alive. Their relationship is just off. It doesn't feel right. 
so i mean that's basically it in a nutshell but the other major component is in the tv show it's i there's less danger than i i mean you wouldn't even know it's a zombie apocalypse at this point with joel and ellie they're just kind of walking around without running into anything or much of anything anyway uh which again is a difference from the game it's they are in constant constant danger be it from from fedra or zombies or hunters or firefly like it's constant dude so all of that is is culminating into this issue where i don't i don't feel a strong connection to ellie in the show and it's disappointing it's not a it's not a deal breaker but it, it is disappointing because those elements aren't there i i have no emotional connection to ellie in the show i i mean and i don't believe that her relationship with joel will blossom into a father-daughter situation or even or even thaw into something friendly i, I don't feel that way of course we're pretty early into the show so we'll we'll see how it develops over the course of time but i I just don't i I don't see it happening so let's talk a little bit about hogwarts legacy now that it's in early access and about to be released okay so previously i talked about how Hogwarts Legacy highlighted everything that was wrong with games journalism. And I I still feel that way. But things have shifted a little bit since the reviews dropped. So I, I, I wanted to talk about that. I ran across an article in, in The Gamer, unsurprisingly. The Gamer seems to be the most vocal outlet out here discussing Hogwarts Legacy. Which is unsurprising, um, given that the editor-in-chief is trans themselves. So, of course, they, there's skin in the game, so there's something to, to be said about it. That being said, this article is... I ran across one, then I ran across another, then I ran across another. <clears throat> and it seems that Stacy is... the. Stacy being the editor-in-chief. Stacy is on their own, more or less, in in the games journalism world, which is quite quite interesting. Um, the gamer's stance is Stacy's stance, and that stance is that the game is not a standalone object, you should be perhaps not judged for it, but um, you should feel bad for playing it. That's that's the essence that I get from this. Now, the article that I picked up was talking about the reviews and why the reviews were, you know, they didn't mention J.K. Rowling much. <laughs> so... It, th- that was a problem. That's a problem for Stacy. 
Now, I went over to IGN, and I'm reading the full review, and there is a big interruption in the middle. In, in I say in the middle, but it's near the beginning of this review. It's a big disclaimer. It cannot be missed. You cannot miss this, and you're probably going to read it. Right? It's got a box, and it's centered text, unlike the review. It's you're you're going to notice it, right? And it says that IGN is going to essentially do what the subreddit did, right? It's going to review the game based on the merits of the game, and then it's going to have a separate conversation surrounding J.K. Rowling. At the end of this disclaimer, it says that, uh, quote, just as in virtually all cases, we're choosing to expose and address the views of the franchise creator separately from our consideration of the work of the hundreds of game developers and evaluate Hogwarts Legacy as it stands, leaving behind-the-scenes context to be considered in addition to that evaluation rather than in place of it so that it can be weighted according to your own values. I think that that is the entirely correct response to have. I read another article in Forbes discussing whether or not a boycott was worthwhile or if it actually did more harm than good to the trans community. So so what does all this mean? Where how are you connecting the dots here, Wolf? What what are you what are you getting at? Here's what I'm getting at. Okay. I I believe that this is more detrimental to the trans community than it is helpful. Now, Robin is concerned that I'm calling out the gamer. She's a little bit worried that I consistently bring them up. The issue is that it's not I'm not I I'm not picking on them because I used to write for them. I'm picking on them because they show up in my feeds constantly. They're they're the biggest content generator out there. They're just they write about freaking everything and they have the most controversial headlines out there. I mean, like in my feeds, if Kotaku is putting out 200 articles a day, the gamers doing a thousand. So it's just, they have so much content out there that they're the ones that I pick on, but this might be the last time that we really take the gamer seriously. We'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it and I'll explain that. So here's, here's the issue. The gamer is calling for a boycott of, of Hogwarts Legacy. And if you remember uh, last week, we were talking about an article that Stacy had put out that was saying that you aren't a bad person for playing the game, but you should do it knowing the, quote, important context, unquote, surrounding the issue, right? And that context is that J.K. Rowling is alive and has um, uh, is considered to be a TERF, right? A trans-exclusionary radical feminist. She doesn't believe that trans women are necessarily women. Um, she She's protective of biological women and believes that that biology has a, has a major, major role to play in people's lives. Whether you agree with that or not is up to you, but that's essentially the controversy, okay? A couple of tweets saying basically that, that she believes biological sex is the end-all, be-all, and that's it, okay? 
radical or not, again, that's for the individual to decide. The gamer has decided that, and Stacy Henley has decided that it is uh, immoral and it's causing trans people to die. I have not, there are mentions of J.K. Rowling donating to certain pieces of legislation or pushing legislation or, you know, groups that are pushing legislation to, uh, I don't know, ban trans people or ban gender reassignment surgery or hormone therapy. I'm not, I'm not sure. It's not specified. It's not linked to, uh, I haven't found evidence of it. I assume that there is evidence somewhere. Uh, I'm still giving the gamer credit here. I don't know why, but I haven't run across um, evidence. Uh, not that I've dug very far, but further than most, I haven't found evidence that she's donating to these to these causes to make trans people not exist or to even make their life harder. But that being said, that 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 accusation is out there. So that's that's the context, right, that we're told to pay attention to. Now, Stacy also went out here and said that, you know, trans people aren't trying to be the story. They don't want to be the main character. They just want to go to the bathroom. And that's not me making a joke at somebody's expense. That those are Stacy's words in print. You can go find it. Uh, the article is Hogwarts Legacy, uh, here's here's the title. Should you play Hogwarts Legacy if you care about your trans friends? Here's the actual quote. That's an important note because trans people do not want to be the story. We do not want to be important. We just want to go to the bathroom. It really should not matter if you play the Harry Potter game or not, but trans people are so constantly pelted with metaphorical rotten fruit in the form of legislation, hate crimes, and endless column inches that any show of solidarity is of increased importance. So, you know, Stacy believes that trans people do not want to be the story. They don't want to be important. It should not be an issue, but it is. So, interesting take, particularly given that it is followed up with several articles discussing Hogwarts Legacy and trans people being the story. And I'm not going to go into every single one of them, uh, but, you know, there are snippets here and there. Um, you know, this, here's one, uh, quote, don't play the Harry Potter game. You might wonder how I can hold this sympathy, sympathy for the IP as in general, and claim that I want you to give up nothing and still, quote, demand that you don't play the Harry Potter game. It's quite simple. All of the books and the movies and the pencil cases are part of the past. They're stitched into memories indelibly. They already exist, and burning these books to tarnish the memories out of self-flagellation is unnecessary. But Hogwarts Legacy is part of the future. You have no memories, no nostalgia, no sentiment attached to it. It's just a product. A product that is, being, that is betting on you caring more about toys than about trans people. Do you want them to be able to cash that bet? Uh... And then here is another one uh, discussing the same issue, more specifically the reviews and games journalism as a profession. 
This one says, quote, Personally and professionally, I fundamentally disagree that the sole purpose of the critic is to act as a buyer's guide. But even if I did not, this is a dismissive and reductive way to consider any game. For the site in question to use its influence to project onto its readers that all that matters is how fun a game is feels actively damaging to professional journalism in an era where a quote no downers unquote attitude is encouraged and hype is available hot from the tap from ya boys on YouTube end quote. So I mean it's pretty it's pretty interesting. Now I don't see if any other outlet is talking about Hogwarts Legacy it's not nearly in as uh, passionate of a stance as that um, which is heartening to see it's heartening to see that uh, the gamer is upset with games journalism at large because to me it's indicative of the fact that games journalists are, are doing the work that they sh should be doing they are talking about the game period and you know having if they're having discussions at all about jk rowling they're having them separately from the review that's the way to handle this situation so i you know like i said this everything everything that is wrong with game journalism surrounds this game and it's bizarre the, apparently Stacy feels the same way but things have flipped for both of us I'm I'm heartened to see that we're not seeing more complaints like we are from the gamer um, from because and here's the thing it's not that you can't feel that you are supporting uh, somebody who is harming people you can't it's not i'm not saying that you can't feel that way what i'm saying is is that as a games journalist your job is to review the game so separate art from artist even though you feel that it's lazy separate the two and then discuss whether or not you know people should be buying this thing you shouldn't have somebody who claims to be a journalist and is telling you to not do something that is not a journalist that is an activist period period so we can write off the gamer and stacy henley as legitimate games journalism outlets they are not they are straight up not until they have a new editor-in-chief we know for a fact that the gamer will take a stance on certain games based on things that are outside of the game so that's good to know. On the flip side, we know that IGN, for example, is at least worth continuing to look at because it it has the disclaimer. It's like, hey, this controversy exists, and here's where we stand on it. Now back to the review. I mean, that's 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 huge, huge. In 2021, I wouldn't have thought that this would happen the landscape looked like more more than not the, the gamer was going to be the majority opinion that we weren't going to talk about hogwarts legacy that it wasn't going to be um discussed that it was going to be this huge controversy because of troy levitt and because of jk rowling and because of their views uh so i like i can't tell you how important this game is 
to games journalism and it's and culture in general this this game is like i i don't even know it's a it's a catalyst of some sort it is it is a a monolith uh, a picture in time of where things begin to like really crack uh all the facades come down and we really get to see what's what and we get to have actual conversations about things we're not pussyfooting around on this one it's it's laid bare for everybody to see whether it be the poor poor game journalism uh leading up to this thing uh, or whether it be like the fact that you know some outlets are taking their job seriously and they're they're not going to be activist websites they'll have the discussion but they're not going to insert their politics into the review of the game it's incredible it's incredible so i just wanted to talk about that a little bit and kind of discuss the the things surrounding it because it's so bizarre it's so bizarre and you know i i'll touch on it a little bit because i i hope it doesn't become an issue but i feel that it really truly will here's the thing okay uh the game is good the game is good okay maybe it's being overblown i don't know i'm trying my best to get my hands on it as soon as possible people there are a lot of complaints about people being bullied over this okay so you know trans activists and quote-unquote allies or whatever are, are quote bullying end quote streamers who are streaming the game okay and hogwarts legacy has broken the record of cyberpunk in 2020 it is the most streamed game of all time and it's not even fully released yet it is the most streamed game of all time so some of these streamers are being harassed or bullied and i don't know i haven't gone to look but that's the claim that they're being harassed and bullied for playing the game for giving the game a platform and etc etc now that's not hard to believe given one of stacy's articles here in the gamer where they say on the one hand some people don't want you to play it because the chief creator of the property is the most influential transphobe in the world and support for the game not only ensures her stature and profile remain dominant in pop culture it also informs corporations that transphobia is not a deal breaker on the other hand people are extremely excited for their shiny new toy so that's the sentiment from a quote professional games journalist i'm sure that similar things are being said to these streamers and perhaps worse I just am concerned that it's going to get overblown, and I saw a reference to this in a couple of YouTube videos. Same kind of situation, different, different environment, where I guess women are taking TikTok videos of men being creepy at the gym and like putting them on blast uh, publicly. But then that became popular, so women were, I guess, making up situations where men are being creepy you know guys aren't being creepy but chicks are finding a way to get their attention and then calling them out as creeps i i hope that that doesn't happen here with hogwarts legacy i feel like it's going to i feel like somebody's going to see that you get attention when you 
play the victim and they're going to make up some fucking story about being harassed by trans activists and blah, blah, blah. And it's going to turn this whole thing that I feel like it's, that's going to happen. I hope that it doesn't, we'll be here to cover it when it does probably. But for now, people seem to be enjoying the thing. Games journalism seems to be focusing on actual games and keeping politics separate from it, which is it. That's the way you should. It should be done. The news is the game. The opinion is your opinion about J.K. Rowling. That's it. Like that's the way that should be handled. So, with that, guys, I appreciate your time. I'm gonna end it there. We will talk tomorrow. We're gonna have some some juicy, juicy stories to talk about, and and we'll close out the week, hopefully with. Hogwarts Legacy in our hands. So I will talk to you tomorrow. You have a good rest of your day. Peace.